Welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show, where wealth includes much more than just money. It includes family, fitness, romance, and all the other parts of a balanced life. Listen and learn how 70% of the millionaires in America made their money using real estate. Now your host, real estate investor and consultant, Steve Davis. Hello and welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, where as always, we're here together working hard to improve our financial IQ. Uh, Total Wealth Academy is an education and mentoring program where we take people by the hand, step-by-step through the process of building a second stream of income with real estate, whether it's single-family houses, little apartment complexes, big 500-unit apartment complexes, self-storage, senior living, uh, hotels, anything that produces cash flow and is backed by real estate, we are investing in it. And today I want to talk about decision making from a couple of points of view. Um, there's a thing out there called analysis paralysis. And I'm not sure how I got past it. But I had it pretty bad at the beginning. And I eventually reached a point where I could make decisions effectively very quickly. But it took time. And as I go through this, I don't want any of you to expect that after listening to an hour radio show, all of a sudden, you'll be able to do exactly what I do. Remember, If you have trouble making decisions, you're a procrastinator. That was developed over a long period of time. So to change overnight is a challenge, to say the least. But you can probably do it in a week or two. You know, it took you years to reach a point where you created this analysis paralysis in your life. But in a couple of weeks, if you really make a decision, which is what we're talking about, um, to change, you can. And I'm going to share with you the tools that I use. If you want to understand what analysis paralysis is, it is the theory that before you make a decision, there's a possibility of having all of the information necessary to make the decision. And I called it a theory because that's exactly what it is. It's a theory. There is, I have never in my 58 years made a decision after having all of the information because it's impossible until you do something and have experienced it no amount of reading studying consulting is going to give you as much information as you have after you've actually done something made a decision and done something Colin Powell put it 
best. And I've been using his technique for at least 33 years because it was about 33 years ago where I got past my analysis paralysis, my procrastination, and started doing stuff. Colin Powell says this, as soon as you have 70% of the information, make a decision and act. 70%. But most of the people listening to this show right now, you've got that theory. I'm going to understand everything before I take action. I'm a wise person. I don't make rash decisions. No, you don't make any decisions. <laughs> That's the real problem. It's better to make rash decisions than it is no decisions. I can tell you that from experience. But it's 70%, not 100%, because you will never have 100%. And you will sit on the sidelines going, I need one more piece of information. I need one more piece of information. And as soon as you get that piece of information, that's going to stimulate three or four more questions. And then you're going to say, as soon as I have these three or four more questions answered, I'll get those. Then those three or four more questions are going to prompt three or four more questions. Do you see the problem? There is no amount of learning that trumps experience. You've got to make decisions and move forward. I met with a gentleman today, brilliant guy, and he admits he has a little bit, not a lot, of analysis paralysis. Um, we, used, we used the word procrastination when we talked. Brilliant. Why do I bring him up? because I don't want people thinking they're dumb because they have analysis paralysis. Even brilliant people have it. And it's almost, it, it, it could be possible that brilliant people have it the worst because they're brilliant. <laughs> they think they need to know everything before they make a decision. You can't do that. It will paralyze you and it will destroy your life. Remember, procrastination is the thief of your life. It, it steals from you, bits and pieces. I had one gentleman who listened to me for 24 years on the radio before he made a decision and joined Total Wealth Academy and started buying real estate, 24 years. Now, that's an extreme case, but I want you to know that's a bright guy. It's not some dummy. It's a bright, intelligent, fun-to-talk-to, entertaining guy. 24 years of procrastination. And remember, the cost of inaction is millions of dollars. Think about the millions of dollars that he lost by procrastinating. So when I make a decision, I make decisions quickly and based off of about 70% 
And if I get a little bit more than that, that's fine. But I've probably already made the decision, even if I get a few more bits and pieces, to take action. When we come back, I will share with you a series of questions that I ask before making decisions that may help you make decisions more quickly and more effectively. All right, we got to go to break. This is the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thanks for listening. There's an old joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And that is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that is going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars over the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, attend our free sample class at TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, and we're talking about decision-making from the simple point of view of how do you make decisions effectively. The key for me is first checking the credibility of the person asking me to make a decision. Let's say I'm in a sales situation. I want to make sure that that salesperson has done what they're asking me to do. Simply put, they use the product they're asking me to use. If they're not, then I'm going to ask for multiple (laughs) referrals from people who do use the product. Um, I, I get referrals either way, but it's much easier to make a decision if the person is using the product that they're selling. It means they believe in the product. That puts tremendous credibility on the things that they have to say. And of course, helps me make a decision. So again, the first thing that I look for is the credibility of the salesperson. One of the reasons that Total Wealth Academy is is successful is because I invest in the same things I ask my members to invest in, teach my members to invest in. I'm in the same deals they're in. I'm investing with the same sponsors that they invest with. Um, So when people come to me and they say, well, why should I join your program? I go, because I'm doing it. I'm doing exactly, I'm not telling you to go do something that I don't do myself. So that gives us a very high success ratio when someone comes in and asks about joining. Second thing I do, depending on what type of product it is, is I'm going to do a little research on the credibility of the company. You know, have they been around for five years 
or 30 years. Um, but the all of this I'm probably getting in the same conversation with the same salesperson. So I look for, God, this one's tough. I sometimes don't care if they've only been in business for a year. If the person sitting across from me has massive credibility, they may say, yeah, it's a year old company, but I've been doing this for 33 years with a different company or on their own or whatever the circumstance is. So again, first thing is the credibility of the person giving me the sales pitch. Next, and you may want to reverse these, but I look for credibility and then honesty. You may want to put honesty in front. In fact, I'm even having trouble sitting here going which one of these is more important. The integrity of the salesperson is it's going to be number one or number two. And I look for, I've been with the company for a long time. I've helped X number of people do the same thing you're about to do. Um, the credibility, it's I guess I have to admit, I have an advantage over just about everybody listening to this radio show. I have personally sat down and interviewed somewhere between 15 and 20,000 people and families. If you go back to when I was in the health club industry, this was a fast-paced, I would interview couples in individuals, sometimes 10 a day, trying to sell them a membership. And when you are a effective salesperson, you are getting to know these people. In the real estate or education, I've been at this for 33 years, I interviewed at the beginning, probably 20 or 30 people a week. And I've done, oh, on top of that, I've done multiple consultations with the same person. So 15, 20,000 people, and some of them four or five times. That gives me an advantage in that I can tell when people are lying. I can tell when I'm uncomfortable. I can tell when somebody's being deceptive because I've seen it over and over and over again. I know what to look for. Now, let me build your confidence up on that arena as well. If you will stay at peace, you can do the same thing. It's been said, and I forget who, that who you are speak so loudly, I can't hear what you say. Who you are, speak so loudly, I can't hear what you say. The way Jerry Spence describes it, he's a Silkwood attorney, is that if you could see 
what's going on when you meet a person. There are these invisible feelers that go out from every part of your body and touch and feel every part of the body of the person you're talking to, these invisible feelers. And you're analyzing, judging, and you see things. Some people will deny it. Like, oh, I don't really like this person. I'm not comfortable, but it's a good company and this, that, and the other. I can tell you, I'm not going to do a business with somebody, I don't care how great the company is, that I feel doesn't have my best interests at heart. So, credibility, integrity of the salesperson, then, and there's a big drop-off here, because those two are way up there, then the big drop-off is quality of product, quality of the company, quality of service. Those things don't mean as much to me as that doggone credibility of the salesperson and their honesty. If I feel like I'm dealing with a person that I can trust, then I'm going to make decisions very, very quickly. And I can tell you that this works because it's not that I've never made mistakes, but the vast, vast, vast majority of decisions I've made have been effective ones based off this concept. The other thing I learned about 33 years ago when I was trying to overcome analysis paralysis was that higher income people make decisions more quickly than low income or middle income people. The way it was put is wealthy people make decisions quickly and change them seldom the poor in the middle class make decisions slowly and change them often do you see the difference there they're second guessing their decisions and as a result they never stick to anything long enough to find out if it works because they change their mind they give up So, the next step that I use is based off of the circle of life, the eight parts of a balanced life. I immediately start asking, will this, and it depends on the product of course, will this improve my relationship with my spouse? Will this improve my relationship with my children? Will this improve my fitness? Will this improve my charity work? Will this improve my fun and entertainment? Will this, and I ask how this decision is going to affect each of the eight parts of my life. And you may say, well, man, doing all of that, how do you make decisions quickly? Because I've done it so much 
I can do it in under probably a minute or two. So, again, credibility and honesty. Then, way below it, is the quality of the product, service, quality of the company, credibility of the company. And then, before I ever make a decision, I go through the circle of life and go, is this really going to benefit me? If I find that it does, pow, I make the decision. Because I have never been in a presentation with a competent company and a competent salesperson that I didn't know 70% by the end of the conversation. I'll admit I've never been in one where I knew 100% because you're never going to. But that's how I've been able to make decisions. Let's We'll talk about life and fun decisions and how I make those when we come back from the break. This is the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I'm your host, Steve Davis. Thanks for listening. put money in the bank or pay your insurance premium they take that money and go buy real estate with it why because it gives the highest rate of return and is the lowest risk this is called passive investing due to some recent changes in the laws you can now invest the exact same way total wealth academy can show you how visit totalwealthacademy.com and attend our free sample class on real estate investing that's totalwealthacademy.com thank you Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, and I hope that I shared some ideas in the first half of the show that will help you in making the decision. I think the most powerful point, though, is Colin Powell's point. Don't expect to ever get 100% of the information. When you get to 70%, take the leap. If 70% of it sounds good, jump it's in all likelihood that the other 30% is great too. And there's no way to know that other 30% without jumping. You can't just sit there and read and read and read, listen to radio show and radio show, radio show, go to seminar after seminar after seminar after seminar. Oh, I've had people take my uh, Saturday class four or five times and I don't think they've bought a piece of real estate. Crazy. Um, You've got to take action. And if you use the 70% rule, it's much easier to take action. Now let's talk about decision making when it's just not products or services, but just life decisions. When I first got my pay cut 33 years ago and I realized how dangerous having a job was, I was young, I had just gotten married, so I still had a lot of single male friends. And they would always ask me, let's do guys weekend, let's go to the baseball game, guys day at the baseball game, or guys night out, and stuff like that. And they'd ask me to go golfing. It was very easy for me to say no. Super easy. Would it have been fun? Yep. Would it have been pleasurable? 
yes. But what I began to understand is that pleasure is not happiness. Most people get that confused. They think, I'm going to give you an example that's going to just irritate the daylights out of a ton of you. Going to the baseball game. Every time I've gone to a baseball game, it's four or five, six hours. By the time I drive there, park, get in there, watch the game, get out, find my car, drive home, it's five, six hours of my time to go watch a baseball game. And I, I think the joke is there's only five minutes of play in a baseball game. <laughs> it, I know it's ridiculous. It's more than that. But it's not much more than that. It's like 15 or 18 minutes is actually the only time that they're actually playing. The rest is between plays and stuff like that. So six hours of my time. Here's how I make decisions. And this decision-making process will give you one of the most important tools you'll ever have. It's the thing called the power of no. The power of no. Now, you must have your goals written down for this to work. See, those of you that don't have your goals written down, you have trouble saying no. I guarantee it. Your girlfriends call up, let's go out and have a few drinks, happy hour, blah, blah, blah. If you don't have written goals, you're probably going to say yes and go waste two or three hours. I suggest that for many of you who think that baseball is pleasurable and brings happiness, in the end, baseball is going to destroy your life. <laughs> That's the phrase I knew would, people would lose their minds on. It's going to destroy your life. Here's how to tell. Are you in the financial position that you want to be in? No. What are you doing at the baseball game? You're not in the financial position you want to be in, and you're at the baseball game for six hours? You're a pleasure seeker. You think that pleasure is happiness. But if you do too much pleasure, two, three games a week, 18 hours, it will cause you massive pain when you turn 50 and you go, holy crap, I'm 50. And you wasted 18 hours a week, even if it's just six, one game a week, you destroyed your life over baseball. What should you have been doing during that six hours? Reading and studying going to seminars and learning how to build wealth and get yourself in the financial position that you want to be in. But you don't. You want that dopamine drip. You want to go to the baseball game, get that dopamine flowing, feel good, pleasure, and it keeps you from having to face the fact that you're not in the financial position that you want to be in or need to be in. It's a drug. 
you're using baseball like a drug. And am I just picking on baseball? No, I choose baseball because it's baseball season. If it was football season, I'd be picking on football. This applies to soccer, golf, guys' night out, anything. If you're not in the financial position that you want to be in and you're doing all that stupid stuff, you're a pleasure seeker. You're addicted to dopamine. Now, dopamine's good for you, but you're addicted to it and you're procrastinating and it's going to ruin your life because you think pleasure is happiness. It's not and too much pleasure will lead to massive pain when you turn 50. Because sadly, that's when most people wake up. I think it's something like 70 or 80% of people become millionaires after 50. Because I'll tell you what, when you wake up on that 50, 50th birthday, there's no, I'm not old, I'm not old, I'm not, at 47, you're like, I'm not old yet, 48, I'm not, 49, but, but 50? If you got half a brain, you wake up and you go, holy crap, I'm old. I'm on the downslide. I got 25 years. I better get off my butt. So here's how I learned the power of no. And I was 27, 28. Come on, Steve, let's go golf. I grabbed my circle of life. Does this bring me closer to my wife? No. Does it bring me closer to my kids? No. Does it get me in shape? No. Does it improve my charity work? No. Does it bring me fun? Yes. Four no's, one yes. The answer is no, bro. Guys night out. No, bro. Let's go to the baseball game. Dude, I'm not in the financial position I want to be in. I'm going to focus on that. I'm going to take that six hours you're at the baseball game and I'm going to read The Richest Man in Babylon. I'm going to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm going to go take a Tony Robbins seminar. I'm going to go do something valuable that's going to change my life for the better. The power of no. Let me give you a very touching example. If you've got your goals written down, remember the power of no doesn't work if you don't have your goals written down. You'll, you're just a victim. If you don't have written down goals, you're a victim of life. Flat tire will distract you. Baseball games will distract you. Um, girls night out will distract you from your goals because they're not written down but if you got your goals written down and one of those goals is I'm having trouble with my son he has a soccer game Saturday morning I have to be at that soccer game you got it written down it's Friday afternoon your boss walks in hey I need you to work Saturday If you don't have written goals, you know what you'll probably say? Okay, boss. But if you've got written goals and you know how much your son needs you at that game, you'll take the hit and go, sorry, boss. My son needs me. I've got to be there tomorrow. The power of no. And most of you are the exact opposite. You're yes, yes people. Somebody invites you out to happy hour. Yes. Guys night out. Yes. Girls night out. Yes. 
Let's go to Vegas without our wife. Yes. Let's go this. Let's go that. Let's go to the baseball game. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Everything you do is yes. None of it bringing you closer to your actual goals. It's just pleasure. It's just pleasure. And so many people believe that pleasure is happiness. And it's not. And I can prove it with a simple example. Viktor Frankl was in Auschwitz being tortured, humiliated, tortured. He was happy in massive pain. Why was he happy? Because he had a goal, a purpose. His purpose was, I'm going to survive this crap so that I can teach at universities and tell this story so that it never happens again. He had happiness in massive pain. See, you can be happy, pleasure, or pain. So does it make sense when I say neither of those things have anything to do with happiness? They don't. All this pleasure. Some of you vacation like crazy. I see you on Facebook and I'm like, he's on another vacation? Your life must suck. What are you trying to get away from? What are, what are, why are you vacationing so much? Because your life sucks. You hate it. And the only time you have fun is when you're having the pleasure of being on vacation. I hate vacations. My life is a vacation. I don't have to get up and pack and drive to the airport, fight the traffic, fight the lines, sit on an airplane for 16 hours, which I detest get out, get my luggage, get transportation, go to a hotel. All that stuff sucks. And you know it. But because your life sucks more, you love doing it. Because it gets you away from the suck life. (laughs) Now, is this true for everyone who travels? Absolutely not. Some of you are travelers. That's your thing. You love it. You're passionate about it. You like to learn, see new cultures, things like that. I'm talking about people that go skiing five times a year. Or they go to Mexico five times a year. They're not meeting new cultures. They're not. That's different. They're trying to get away from a suck life. All right. This is the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I'm your host, Steve Davis. Thanks for listening. There's an old joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And that is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that is going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars over the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, attend our free sample class at TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I'm your host, Steve Davis. 
And I want to make sure that people understand I'm not putting down going to the baseball game occasionally or taking a vacation. It's excess. You know, people trying to cover up their wounds by doing pleasurable things. Yeah, I'm not in the financial position I want to be in. I know I'm never going to be in the financial position I want to be in if I keep doing what I'm doing. I think I'll go to the ball game. It's like alcohol or drugs. People who use those to cover their wounds. And what would that deaden the pain? Deaden the pain. Be careful, please. When you're making decisions about your personal life, grab that wheel of life. Think about it. Does it improve your true goals? Or is it just a quick fix, pleasure, dopamine rush event? The next part of decision making comes down to the two-headed monster. In my business and any sales business, salespeople often get this objection. I need to speak to my wife or I need to speak to my spouse before I make any financial decisions. I hear that all the time. I immediately reply, huh, okay, how long have you had that rule? And people will say, well, I've been married 20 years. We've had that rule for 20 years. And they say it with pride. And I go, really? Are you in the financial position that you want to be in? No. Then stop doing that. Why would you do something that hasn't worked for 20 years? And why are you such an irresponsible person that you can't make a decision. You're going to hide behind your spouse? See, you can't have two people making the same decision. Doesn't work. Does not work. How many of you would grab your AR, grab your backpack, and head into combat with two generals in charge? Not one of you. Why? Because you know good and well two people cannot make a decision. You would die on the battlefield while they were arguing about what to do next. Every real estate deal that I've ever seen get in trouble had a thing called co-sponsors. Co-sponsors. Two people with equal voting rights you can't have that someone has to be the leader someone has to be able to make the decision and get things done see when you hide behind your spouse that's a cop out you're weak you're irresponsible you don't want to take responsibility you don't want to say Honey, I'm going to study and work my butt off 
figuring out how to get us in the financial position we want to be in. Honey, I take full responsibility for success or failure. You think your spouse is going to say no to that? They're not. Because they're just as scared as you are to take responsibility. But if you're going to succeed as a family, a married couple, you cannot have two people in charge. I had two brilliant physicians in my office. Well, they weren't both physicians. One was a physician, one was a almost a physician. I think it's called a nurse practitioner. Brilliant. Could not make a decision on a $50,000 equity capture and $1,000 a month cash flow. I think it was a duplex or a fourplex. I asked them, you want to do this deal? You'll pick up 50000 equity and $1,000 a month cash flow. They looked at each other. What do you think, honey? The other one said back, I don't know. What do you think, honey? This went on for about two minutes before I said, why don't you guys go home and think about it and let me know. Next couple came in. Wife looked at it, looked at her husband and said, honey, I think we need to do this deal. Husband said, you're the money girl. And they did the deal. They made $50,000 and $1,000 a month cash flow because one of them was responsible and could make the decision. Ladies, gentlemen, go home tonight, sit down with your spouse, and pick somebody to be in charge of finances. You still take their input, but you pick one person to be responsible for the final decision. One person. Take responsibility. Be a man. Be a woman. Do it. Because if you don't, you will be paralyzed, stuck. You'll never get where you want to go. It just doesn't work. And by the way, don't ever come in my office and say you need to speak to your spouse. Because <laughs> that's one of my favorite, favorite things to, ha- to hammer away at. Because it's so funny. You've done it for 20 years, it didn't work, and you're still doing it? What's wrong with you? I, I don't understand that at all. Why would you do something for 20, 25 years that doesn't work and keep doing it? It's just, when I hope you're having as much fun with this point as I am because it's hilarious. Hilarious. That'd be like having a job for 25 years. You're not in the financial position you want to be in and going, I know, I'll work the job another 25 years and I'll get in the financial position I want to be in. No, you won't. You keep doing what you're doing. You keep getting what you're getting. That's it. You have to change. So, when it comes to decision making in a loving, married, or significant other, long, we'll just call it a long-term relationship, you got to have somebody in charge. If 
you don't want to take the responsibility, go home tonight and say that. Say, look, I do not want to study. I do not want to take courses. I don't want to be responsible. Would you please be responsible? You know what they're probably going to say? Okay. And then they'll do it because they're responsible. Responsibility is a major, major motivator. You look at these, I'll give you an example. It's a terrible example, but mother and father get killed in a car wreck and leave a 16-year-old and an 8-year-old behind. What does that 16-year-old become? The parent. And they rise to the occasion because they're responsible. Responsibility, taking responsibility will push you to levels of success that really I can't think of anything else that's going to take you there as much as having the courage to take responsibility. It's highly, highly motivating. So, in a nutshell, make sure that you have your goals written down. If not, you're going to get pushed around by everything that happens in your life, including your boss asking you to work Saturday morning when you know you need to be with your kid. Get your goals written down. Start basing every decision you make on whether that decision takes you closer to or further away from your goals. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. we got to go. Uh, this has been the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Have a great rest of your day. listening to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Please remember that this show is for entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investing advice. Always get a professional opinion before making any investment decisions. To find out more about coaching and consulting at Total Wealth Academy, visit TotalWealthAcademy.com and attend one of our free sample classes on real estate investing. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.